You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. Big, big. Boy, 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 boy. God. Oh, yeah. And Maddie Rose. Oh, big, big stretch. Oh, boy. On Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Brought to you by MortgagesToGo.ca. Always the lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit MortgagesToGo.ca. At the bottom of the hour of the franchise, Eric Francis. Blames reporter columnist for Sportsnet. Um, there's one thing Eric Francis doesn't like is trade rumors. And he has to talk about it incessantly now based on the, the speculation swirling around the Calgary Flames. He's not a big trade rumor guy. We'll ask him about that coming up. Doesn't mean we don't have to be. Well, exactly. Damn and um, give, we'll me all the, give me all the juicy morsels. Yeah. And we'll also... Um, eating them all up. Snacking. <laughs> Sorry, what? What were we talking about? Uh, we'll ask him about what's irking him, too, I think. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Hmm? And uh, the Chronolist, Brent Cron in studio, 8 o'clock. Cron dog. Um, you want to play some trade speculation audio? <laughs> Do I ever. Okay. Laying on me, Jack. All right, buddy. Well, we got 32 thoughts, which is... Uh, well, here, how about this? Would you like to get I a like 32 thoughts. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Elliot, Enjoy that Jeff, might have to add another team. We'll never, who knows? Um, anyways, uh, would you rather start with Hennepin or Tanev? Surprise me. Okay, let's do Tanev, because there's only one clip on Tanev, and this is from 32 Thoughts, and this okay. is from yesterday's episode. When it comes to Tanev, I think the... I think the Flames are waiting till a first round pick gets offered. Uh, I think that's what they're waiting for. And if a team steps up with a first rounder, I could see it happening. And I think there's a pretty big group there. It's it's Toronto, which I think is offering multiple picks, but none of them are first, and their first second available isn't for four years. Um, so that's a challenge. It's Toronto. It's Dallas. I think Colorado's in there. Um, Edmonton and Vancouver, Vancouver, I think it's very hard for them to do, but I think they like the idea of it and they would really prefer Edmonton, not get them. Like I think with Edmonton, it's all coming down to what they think they want to do. Like what is their number one thing that they decide to go after? Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Okay, the, okay. So the hey, Oilers Toronto definitely... can, you know, beat it. <laughs> But you know, we'll give you our fr- I'll give you our second in 2093. You like that? I think that's worth Chris Tanev because we get whatever we want. Will there be hockey then? Probably um, not. By the time the Leafs have, a I'm not going to be around. So yeah. good. Okay. We'll be playing on hollow skates. <laughs> um, VR. Yeah, uh, I just. Do you really think the Flames and Canucks need to get together on a third trade here? I don't know how they I, make I, the money work unless the door all yeah. comes back. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> and I'd, I don't think there's any way they're inviting that man back to the locker room. No, 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 no. And they shouldn't. Uh-huh. Um, to me, Edmonton makes the most sense because that's exactly what they need. I like Dallas. Sure. But, like, the Oilers have that, again, soft, soft blue line. Mm-hmm. And you add him and you have Corey Perry for a um, a potential Stanley Cup run. Those are those ingredients that you win a championship with. And obviously, nobody wants to see that in Calgary. But if you're an Oilers fan listening to this, number one, shame on you. Number two, 
uh, that's probably the guy you need, right? He's the perfect fit, is he not? They've got their first round picks. They've got some solid prospects if you want to go down that road as well. Uh, he would fit nicely on their team. Like, I would also pump the brakes on Corey Perry a little bit. You know, he's playing on the 18th green here. But uh, overall, yeah. No, he, but I mean, he is when it type... comes to playoff time, the guy just finds it. Yeah, but he's going to be a pylon out there, George. He hasn't done anything well, in the playoffs in like three or four years. Okay. Uh, I'm. That being said, he brings a snarl that pisses other opponents off, and sometimes there will be a time for that that I'm sure he'll fill a role, but he's not going to be the same dynamic player that he once was creating goals and offense the same way. Here's the thing. The, the, the main point here is Chris Tanev, and yes, I think that he would be the perfect fit there, but I really don't think... And this has nothing to do with just him going to a Canadian or American team. I just don't think that the Canadian teams have the necessarily the assets or the cap space to make this work. Like the Oilers would have to do some other type of movement to facilitate the money um, because they don't have two and a quarter left and, and they might by the deadline might. But then again, you start getting yourself into a bidding war. Now, if all things become equal and it's the Oilers, the Leafs or the Canucks or the Stars what are the Flames going to choose? Probably Dallas, but that's, once again, all things being equal. What happened to the uh, Senators acquiring TNF? <laughs> that's still more of can an off season. Still can in the offseason, okay. and that was always right. an offseason thing. Like, yeah. It always felt more like an offseason, and, and they should want a player like Chris TNF. Yeah. Um, we we got a texter, uh, TNF's not worth the first. Okay, it, it that's, again, let me tell you how uh, supply and demand works. <laughs> like, is Chris Tanev at this point of his career worth a first-round pick? Probably not. Probably not. But teams who are desperate to add a top-four defenseman who's obviously you know in his mid-30s and has a lot of miles on that on that body, which is fine. But if teams get desperate, the market's you know drying up. I I think the Flames should absolutely hold out for a first-round pick for Chris Tanev. But then that also comes into the equation of. Should they be sitting Chris Tanev? Should they not be playing games for the Flames right now? It's a whole big mess. And everybody wants a bite. So just keep on keeping on if you're the Flames. Hey, just just keep waiting. What's the worst that could happen? Well, he gets hurt for the rest of the year. But then again, when was the last time this guy got hurt for the rest of the year? He's only missed 20 games in five in the last five regular seasons. Yeah, he's constantly dealing with bumps and bruises, but he fights through all of them, and you can never really yep. notice a real discrepancy in his play, except for that one time the shoulder thing happened. We don't need to get into it. That's fine. Just a really healthy offset. Come and get him. Anyways, uh, you want to get to some of the Hannafin audio as well? Sure, let's do it. All right, this is from 32 Thoughts uh, yesterday on Noah Hannafin. And I think the number of teams around Hannafin is growing because now they see where this is going. I think a team like Toronto would love to get Hannafin, but I don't believe, like I said this last summer, that I think Hannafin's uh, position was to go to the States if he hit the market. And the U.S.-based teams certainly think that. Like, they think that if he goes to the market, they're going to have the better chance of getting him than Toronto or anyone else. So, uh, you know, I, I think the market for Hannafin is growing. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that goes from here. But, boy, I wish I could stop talking about the Flames because uh, it, it's too much, and I think it's bad for their players and for them, too. I think it's a lot to handle. Mm. 
part, part of the business. It's your job, so, Elliot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why is he complaining? Yeah, it's his job. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. I guess. But this yeah. is also this is the year that they have. We all knew this was going to happen, and this is yeah. part of the gig. Right. It's not by. It's not a surprise that the Flames are sellers here at the deadline. But the biggest things there are on Hannafin, not necessarily the part of the very end. Right. I. I just. For, do you really believe the Leafs and Flames will make a trade? Because everything we've heard, everything we've said, like even when franchise was on last week, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen, does it? I no. don't think it is. Well, it, it sounds like the Leafs are pretty steadfast in what they want to give up, and frankly, it's not enough value for any of the Flames' assets. So that's why I don't see it happening. Unless the Leafs want to come and actually play ball with everybody else, then no, it's not going to happen because Craig Conroy isn't going to make a deal with the Leafs just to make a deal with the Leafs when there's better value out there. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe the maybe Craig Conroy should ask for like a draft day deal um, starring Kevin Costner mm. where like the Leafs give up their next five second-round picks yeah. whenever those are up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a great idea, though. Hey, do you want to hear from the DFO rundown as well with Frank Suravalli, where he talked about where Hannafin's ideal destination might be in the offseason? Okay. Mm-hmm. This one's a little bit longer. Noah Hannafin is, is going to be on the move before March 8th, and not really a surprise given that we've gone so long this side of the All-Star break not hearing anything about a contract extension that, that it would be heading in this direction. Now... This is going to stay consistent with what I've been reporting the whole time, which has been that Hannafin had expressed to the Flames way back a year ago that he did not want to play in Canada, that his preference was to play in the U.S. So near as I can tell, there are no Canadian teams that are pursuing him, um, not the Toronto Maple Leafs, not, I, I don't believe, the Edmonton Oilers. And when you add all those things up, I, I can't imagine that the Vancouver Canucks are there. Um, the indication is that he'll be on the move somewhere in the U.S. And I think the important thing to point out is that he's not necessarily going to be traded to the place that he's going to end up. And it's, it's possible that he does, of course. Uh, the indication that I have is if, if you were to you know, pinpointed on a map that I, I think the Hannafin camp has expressed to the flames that he has interest in signing in Tampa Bay eventually when it's all said and done. So I don't know if you can, you know, if they can steer a trade toward there, whether Tampa is willing to give up the assets required to make something like that happen, how much interest Tampa has in making, you know, how mutual it is, but the Lightning are in need of defense, and as mentioned, if you look in Julian Brisebois' playbook with the Bolts, almost every guy that he's traded for in this last run has ended up staying with the team. Now, the coffers are pretty empty after the Tanner Janot deal. They don't have a first-round pick for the next two drafts, but an interesting team enters the ring. How are they, how they going to fit him? Oh, the salary The salary is no problem. The salary in the offseason, they can make that work. Because they're letting Stamkos walk for nothing? Well, if he comes back, he'd have to come back at a discount. And you have other places that you can make up that loss of money. Like, the, the, the entire thing is like six or seven minutes long, and Frank goes on about how he believes that they 
could make the money work. Um, but that's a, you know, Sergeyev's not being back this year. That would help them this season, and then they wouldn't have to sure. do a little bit of movement around. But also, we've seen Julian Breezebaugh have no qualm with moving out cheaper, less efficient players to get just good players onto his roster and just have like 10 good players and eight guys who fill spots and can eat minutes, and, and that's how they'll win hockey games. They've been like that for, for like a decade now. That's got to be music to Craig Conroy's ears if he really wants to go to Tampa. And it's like, okay, perfect. Yeah. Hey, Tampa, he wants you. You want to make a playoff run? Could be your last one with Stamkos. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what we want from you guys. Bolts Leverage are is a beautiful thing. In a playoff spot right now, they got a five-point lead on the Devils, which, you know, it's going to be interesting once they go and get, get a goalie maybe that they can maybe get up there a little bit more. But listen, Tampa's got another chance to kind of roll it back with Stamkos there for one more year. Or here's the other thing you do. Maybe Stamkos doesn't come back and you just give all that money to Noah Hannafin. And you feel good about the rest of your offensive group with Kucherov and Point and Sorelli and Paul and Janot and Hagel and Shiri. You feel good about those, you know, seven or eight guys and you go from there. So I could see the Lightning be another team that Maybe he ends up at, and you know, Tampa makes sense um, as far as a great market to be in, in the U S as far as the taxes go. Um, A guy who was very tight with Matthew Kachuk when they were both here. So, you know, being relatively close down in Florida, that would also make sense. And, And understanding, you know, he's one of the guys that when we go back to that trip down in Florida and there was like the shots of all the guys and we heard how they all went to Matthew Kachuk's house and hung out for a little bit. When that happened, I was like, yeah, and then you hear this with Noah Hannafin, and you're like, hmm, I wonder if that had a little bit of a lasting impression on number 55. Yeah, well, who and wouldn't? he's been there multiple times in his life, and he sees how awesome it is down there, too. Um, when it comes to uh, cap space, it's something that Brian Burke said on our show a while ago. Um, we don't talk enough about what cap space means when a guy just walks away. Like, you think about losing the asset and not maximizing the asset, but you also acquire cap space, which you can use to fill other holes in the roster. And that's something that uh, maybe isn't talked enough about, and that potentially could be a Stamkos thing. But I agree with you. I think he probably comes back at a discount. But if he doesn't, then what do they do? They use that money and potentially grab Noah Hannafin, which is good for their team long-term too. Like it's That's something we don't talk enough about, but the Flames aren't in that position. You don't, you don't want to be a... Calgary Flames fans sitting with Chris Tanev and Noah Hannafin on your roster and potentially missing the playoffs. You don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. But when you're a team like Tampa, multiple championships, sometimes cap space is good for a team that's been up against it for years until they finagle a uh, Nikita Kucherov hip injury, which he miraculously heals with just in time for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. To go out and basically have like a Con Smythe level performance, just standard yeah. level stuff. It's because Nothing he wasn't ready. Here. A day before he wasn't ready the playoffs. He was not ready. Yeah, and as a result, everyone else has had a much more of a crackdown on it. You know, I it was I, I want timing. I want to know what the tests they were doing on Mark Stone's back after because Nikita Kucherov's hip was uh, something that maybe he kind of hey. skated around a little bit. Again, yeah. what Mark Stone's career was supposed to be ended after this playoff run? Remember, it's having a pretty good year. Yeah, how many games he missed? Uh I don't know. He's been healthy for a while. Two. Lot of them. Two, maybe? Pull up here, see what Vegas is like. How many games he missed? 
It's less than three. Well, he leads them in points with 53. He's played yeah. 55 games, and that appears to be every one. Yeah. Okay. I don't see anybody on this roster like, who's played 56. Am I crazy? 56, like, so. I'm, I'm not the only one who heard that, right? Uh, yeah. No, you you heard it, but I don't know, man. It was like the Shea Weber thing. Modern medicine, bro. Okay. I don't think it was as bad as Shea Weber. Like, Shea Weber, it was like... Well, they were his kind of teammate, it to be like it was. I don't know if it was ever felt like that. It felt like a little bit more wishy-washy. Like, Weber's was more like, oh, yeah, he's done. Like, for the last four years, it's taken him three hours to prep for practice. Like, he's definitely done. Right. And I don't know if Mark Stone was ever at that point. Hmm. And Mark Stone uh, will play for Canada at next year's Four Nations, whatever. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's... You don't think he's on Canteen? Yeah, he is. Probably, but I don't know if he's like a lock. Patrick? Sorry, say that again. What if his back gives out? Mark Stone a lock to play for Canada at the Four Nations thing they're doing next week? Oh, that's not a lock. I don't think it's a okay. lock at all. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure, yeah, he's a he's a guy you'd want to have in that type of tournament, that type of short. You know, it's you know he's won before. He's represented Canada before. Sure, he'll, he'll be given every opportunity, but I don't think he's a lock. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Uh, hey, you know we can talk more trades with Eric Francis. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that next? And we'll talk to the chronolist about that incredible bounce back performance by Jacob Markstrom after coughing up uh, three goals consecutively to one Sean Monahan. Lost to do still. It's the big show. It's a Tuesday after a long weekend. Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. The big show is powered by Mortgages to Go. Ca. Always. The lowest interest rates in Canada since 2004. Visit mortgagestogo.ca. At the top of the hour, Big Show Flames analyst, the solution snake, the Cobra himself, Brent Cron. On the Flames' long weekend, 5 nothing losers to the Red Wings on Saturday. 6-3 winners against the Jets yesterday. To discuss that and all the trade speculation swirling around the Flames, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Flames reporter columnist for Sportsnet, Mr. Eric Francis, the franchise. Hello, sir. How are you? How are you, boys? Um, we're good. Um, in all your time covering this team, has it ever been like this when it comes to trade talk? No, no, it hasn't. Even even the year they traded Jerome, uh, you know, you kind of you knew it was going to happen, but it was only till the kind of at the eleventh hour that. It was evident it was happening 100%, and it was because, you know, it was still kind of unfathomable that eventually they would trade Jerome um, until until, it was, until the very last day, sort of, you know, until it happened. So, no, it's just, you know, this is what we, we keep talking about, this being a very unique point in time for the organization and, and a real uh, a, a chance to affect significant change in a way they have never done. And that's with, you know, two or three significant trade chips bringing back significant hauls all at once. And, uh, you know, it's good. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is never see anything like it now in terms of the rumors. I don't think they've been that rampant. You know, we've had one rumor about the goaltender and linking him to one team. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure more will spring up. But uh, and we haven't heard a lot of rumors other than speculation that of course the Leafs want everybody, <laughs> uh, right. so uh, you know, and 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 of course it's easy to link different players to different teams around the league for sure. But in terms of rumors, 
you know, there's really only one rumor that's been out there that, you know, that Jersey and, and Calgary was close to a trade for the goaltender. And I, I'll stress the word rumor because it's definitely not been uh, corroborated by anybody else other than the person that reported it. How, um, how is the organization behind the scenes? Uh, and I'm not talking the players, just the, the front office handling this so far franchise. Uh, you know, they've done it internally. Like they've really closed ranks. I, I know that, they don't want to participate in any of the speculation or any of the, they're not going to contribute in any way to, to any of the uh, chatter surrounding this team. Um, listen, we saw this team face plant two games in a row here until yesterday's magnificent comeback. Um, and and I, I don't think there's any doubt that management for any team would want to limit the chatter because it can affect your team. It can affect your room. And I don't think there's any question that over the course of, that those two games where they were abysmal, uh, that it did creep into a to a degree. So uh, they've been they've been silent. You know, uh, they don't want to uh, they don't want to feel the fire, and I, I get that. How have you been dealing personally uh, with all this trade rumor talk? Because you've <laughs> said on this show many times you're just not a fan of it all. No, I'm not. I don't like it. I. When they make a trade, I'll report on it. I'll tell everybody the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts. But until it happens, I really, uh, it, it, no, I'm not a big fan. That's a, that's a, you, you put that well. Uh, I'm glad you remember that. <laughs> I, I, and I get it. I, I'm the only guy on the planet that doesn't like trade deadlines and all the rumors and garbage that comes with it. But that's how I see it, rumors and garbage. Like, um, and, I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll give you, let me, let okay. me go a step further. Like, I get stopped. Every day, as I'm sure you guys do too, like, hey, is it true that Manjapani's going to blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, again, and you know, I don't follow social media that much, so I don't fall into the trap of all this bull crap. But it, it bugs me that it bugs me that people read it and think it's gospel or that it's actually there's a hint of truth to it. I'm like, where'd you read that? And they go, I don't know, the internet. I'm like, well, there you go. Let's talk about it's something gotta else. got to be true. Yeah, like, I'm so sick of it. Like, and, and, and maybe it's just because of the job that I do. Everybody wants to tell me about every rumor they've heard uh, from every dude's basement. And I'm like, no, I'm not playing that game. Like, it's the same as when people say, who says no? You know, I don't know if you guys do that on your show, but I, I see people write columns on it. So, who says no? What if you did this? But I'm like, what do you, what do, are, you guys know my other rule. Never, never, ever can you talk about your fantasy league with mixed company. You can talk about it with someone in your league and that's it. That's like one of the number one rules in life. And if you catch yourself ever doing it, you got to stop yourself and check yourself and realize nobody in the world cares about your fantasy team or the proposed trade that your, your fellow GM made you. And, and that's exactly what people are doing when they stop me and ask me about hearing about Mangiapane going somewhere, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just so, Oh, I hate it. That being said, how do you think the team has reacted, like, with their play, you know? The, the, that being said, share us a rumor. Yeah, that kidding. being said, who's going where? Uh, okay, but yeah. at least recently they've had a couple of tough losses. They bounced back with the win against the Jets. How much of this is affecting the room? Well, I, I think it's like that's why I think to me, yesterday's game was such an incredible performance by the guys because they, they face-planted two in a row, and I literally think that they, I, I think a lot of people were like me going, well, this is it. This is the end. Like it's the rumors have finally got to these guys enough. They realize they're about to lose, you know, the best defensive pair in the league, arguably. Um, 
you know, maybe the goalie, who knows. But all this is just like, geez, this is not going to get better. This is just going to get worse. Uh, we just got pummeled two games in a row at home. It's a humiliating. We've lost six of seven at home. I thought, and especially when they went down 3-1 yesterday, I thought all that adversity, all adding up, I, these guys are done. Like, they're done. And against one of the best teams in the league, a team that never surrenders a lead after they've got it after the first period, against the best goalie in the league, like, it was so incredibly improbable that the Flames would stage any sort of a comeback yesterday, let alone an impressive one like the one they threw together. And I, I just, the character of this team continues to amaze me. And, and it, should, it should impress people in this city. And, you know, the narrative around this team is always that all, it's all the kids and the youthful exuberance. And I'm, that's for sure playing a role in everything they do. But yesterday it was the veterans. It was the guys that are going to be here past the trade deadline and for the next several years that, that anchored all of that. It was Kadri. It was Coleman. It was Backlund. Rasmus Anderson made two incredible plays. Like it was all the veterans who really turned that whole game around yesterday. And Kadri kind of nodded to it when he said, yeah, I, I'm not here to lose. Like I, whatever happens, I'm not here to lose. So uh, I want, you know, we needed to dig down and, and turn this thing around. And I just thought it was so impressive. Like after two games in a row where they had no pushback and it looked like they were dead to rights, uh, they showed incredible signs of life. And I'm not suggesting here that, they could stay in this playoff race much longer. I don't think anybody in the league thinks they could stay in this race much longer, but they continue to, uh, you know, impress at a time when I don't think people thought they could. I know things seem dicey after Monaghan gets the natty hattie in the first period and they go up 3-1, but they were never going to lose that game that Oliver Shillington scores, right? Well, it wasn't that great. I mean... As soon as he scored, I said, "Well, there's my column." You know, I'm uh, that, that's a beautiful <laughs> moment. It's, isn't that funny? Like, that's a beautiful moment. The crowd was on its feet. They were on their feet again when they announced that it was Shillington who scored. I mean, everybody in the building knew that it was Shillington, and everybody knew the significance of his first goal back after such a horrific 20 months off. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, that's sports is about theater and 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 stories like that. I really believe it's why. I, I do what I do and we do what we do. We tell stories that are beautiful and that was a beautiful story. So that seemed like the story of the day and just a great moment. And then, then Monaghan scores. I'm like, well, there's my call. call." (laughs) Sean, Sean Monaghan, like that that was beautiful too. Like I know Flames fans aren't exactly cheering for that to happen, but I don't think anybody has an ill will, you know, bad word to say about Monaghan. Like all he did while he was here was, fight through the most horrific pain to try and contribute to this team and help turn the franchise around at one point with Johnny Gaudreau like 10 years ago. Like, he, you know, you can't not cheer for Sean Monaghan. Um, and then, and then of course, then they make the comeback. I'm like, well, well, there's my column. <laughs> and then as I'm writing, I'm like, no, no, everything's got to be about rumors. So I guess I got to write about, no, no, I'm just kidding. I didn't there write about go. rumors. What a great comeback that was. Uh, it was incredible. Uh, Eric Francis, um, Flames reporter, columnist for Sportsnet on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Kind of want to circle a little back on Nazem Kadri. He's playing some great hockey. Eric, could that potentially be a guy that another team looks at and goes, hey, you know, five years left on his deal, a guy who still has a lot of good hockey left, we need a good, really good second-line center. Is Nazem Kadri potentially playing his way back into some talk during the summer that he potentially could be a target of some team? 
Uh, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I think that I think he'd be a desirable player. Um, I think the narrative last year at times, and I think at times this year is that Huberto and Cadre's contracts are absolutely untradeable. And I've been pushing back on the notion that Cadre's is untradeable for a while now, because he's exactly what they signed him to be, you know, minus the snarl, you know, like he hasn't had that pushback, that, that emotion that we're, you know, he's kind of known for. Sometimes it went over the edge in Toronto, but uh, I, I think as a, I think he's been a pretty good leader. Uh, he's a point of game guy over the last like month and a half. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure what more he could be doing. He's mentoring these two young guys on his line and, and, and playing really well with them. Um, uh, yeah, he's. I definitely think that he's the kind of guy that you know teams aren't haven't written off and saying, well, that that contract is too pricey. Again, I'm not sure there's a ton of interest in a guy making that much money and at that age because you know near the end of the contract, as we know, he's going to be what in his late 30s. So. Um, but, but for a team that, that is missed, look, Colorado's been missing that second-line center ever since he left, and they haven't been able to replace him. They've tried with a couple different guys, and it's not worked. Um, you know, I think they would, they would be the, at the top of the list of teams that would reconsider uh, acquiring a guy like that. But I'm not suggesting for a second here that he's being – that teams are calling right now about him. But you just asked the question in terms of, you know, is that a tradable contract? And I'll answer by saying absolutely it is. That sounds like a rumor to me. Uh, hey, I did want to ask you about Andre Kuzmenko because yesterday he starts on a line with Nazem Kadri, and like you mentioned, Kadri's been playing really well lately. Kuzmenko, great start, little bit of a tail off here. Let's put him with Kadri, who's been playing really well. That experiment lasted all of twenty minutes, and Kuzmenko was banished to the fourth line, where he had a couple of good shifts and some not so good shifts as well. What have you made of Kuzmenko? Because you've also had the off ice interactions, which seem to be. Very enjoyable for everyone involved. Very interesting. Very interesting, all of it, my interactions <laughs> with him. That's his, that's his favorite that's word. That's his, his crutch uh, English word, yeah. Yeah, yeah, crutch word. I love it. He's, uh, hey, he's a really likable guy, very personable guy. He's in a tough spot. I mean, the, the language barrier. I can't even imagine, you know, can you guys imagine doing a job? I mean, I know sometimes <laughs> it sounds like you two guys are speaking different languages, but, you know, generally speaking, you're both on English. Uh, this poor guy's got to try and, you know, navigate a new environment with guys that speak, you know, different languages. And so I, listen, he was demoted. There's no way that was a storyline yesterday. The coach tried to squash it. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, Dryden Hunt was on your top line. That is a story. If you're putting Dryden Hunt on your top line uh, and you're putting Kuzmenko on your bottom line, you're sending a message uh, to, I don't, I, you know, I really believe that. Um Listen, and, and even though the coach is denied it and says that, you know, next game it could be completely different. And I do believe Kuzbenko will be, you know, up near the top six or just whatever in the you know, next game. But, listen, Rick Tockett and, and Kuzbenko just couldn't, you know, communicate well enough that he needs to be engaged at all times. Engagement was the key word that they kept using when I spoke to people in Vancouver about the problem between Tockett and Kuzbenko. And, uh, and maybe we're seeing a little bit of that now. Or maybe Ryan Huska is seeing a little bit about that now and thought, you know what, fourth line, uh, hopefully he can get engaged down there. So, anyway, I, I'm not, I don't think this is going to be a problem moving forward. Um, it's just, you know, finding the right fit. And, and I do, you know, Huska's rationale after the game was that 
You know, he started Zary on that top line. And at some point soon, guys, we've got to stop calling that the top line um, because it's not the top line. Uh, it, it's not, it's the third best line. Like it, whatever line Sharon Govich and Huberto are on is the third best line on this team right now, which is not so much a commentary on them as it is the fact that you can always count on the Coleman line. Always. It, 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 sorry. The Coleman backland line with Manjapani. That is their best, most dependable, most versatile line on the team. The second best line is the Kadri line. Offensively, they're their best line. And then, and then third, you'd hope the other line would be your top line, but we really do have to stop calling it the top line, no matter who's on it at this point in time. Uh, I don't know if this is really a question. It's more of a statement, but the way Huska's managed some of these things during the season, I think he's been a total and complete pro about it. Maybe the opposite of his predecessor, um, because you look at the Huberto benching, handled it like a pro. The Kuzmenko questions he got yesterday, handled it like a pro. I just think he's damn smooth uh, with the media franchise. Oh, my God, yeah. He, you know, he's measured. He keeps emotion out of it. He's, uh, he's obviously very cerebral. Um, you know, he hasn't changed at all from the guy he was as, a, as an assistant coach uh, when, when dealing with us. You know, one thing that Daryl Sutter always used to say is that his job, he always thought his job, when I'd say to him, hey, look, how much do you hate the media? How much do you hate talking to us? He'd say, no, no, I, my job, a big part of my job is communicating to the fans, telling them what's going on and explaining to them different things. And I'm not sure he was great at that it. That was communicating? <laughs> that, that, well, I'm just saying that that was his approach, right? And sure. um, but But Ryan... Uh, I think sees it the same way. He wants to explain things like every question you ask, you don't get shut down. Um, he will give you a measured response to everything. And, and I think that's the way he approaches players. Um, uh, from day one, he always said every player on my roster will know exactly where he stands, what we need more from him, what we need less from him. And there's, there are going to be no question marks. Like he, communication is the absolute key. And I think that's, the way all new age, you know, or modern day coaches are. And uh, it's, you know, I think it's why they respect them so much. Listen, like I said earlier, I think this team has had many chances this year to just, you know, kind of give up um, and, and, and not respond the way they have. And I think that's a testament to how much they respect him. And uh, listen, the, first, the biggest question coming into the year was, you know, they, they might respect him, but are they going to listen to him? Like, you know, is he too soft? That was a big question. And I asked him about that. He says, oh, no, I'm well aware that that's, that's, you know, something I need to establish, that there's a standard around here. And if you don't live up to the standard, there are repercussions. And uh, that message has got through to the players, and they've really responded so well to him. And the media, too, right? I mean, we, we just love the guy. Uh, from that side, too, how, uh, how tense or even awkward was that Jacob Markstrom uh, scrum after the Red Wings game? You know what? I give him, he, he's been awkward. With, he's made it awkward with the media all year long, to be honest. You know, he does not enjoy coming out and chatting with us. I give him full marks. I didn't think he was going to come out after that game. Listen, they've been sheltering him, Hannafin, and Tanner for obvious reasons over the last week. They, you know, despite repeated daily requests for those guys, the, the team has decided not to make them available because, again, they don't want to fuel any fires in terms of their futures. So when he came out, I was stunned. And uh, I gave him a ton of credit. 
I thought he was actually pretty calm and measured and it was less awkward than it usually is. There was one exchange where, you know, he wanted to be a little confrontational and say, what noise are you talking about? (laughs) Um, Yagiana would hope that he would wink and and just smile and say, geez, I don't know what what you're talking about, but he was deadly serious about it and uh, didn't really want to play along. So yeah, that part was a little awkward and we're used to that with him. But again, full marks were coming out after getting pulled. Listen, this guy's really been amazing this year, their best player by far. And he got pulled on 12 shots, four goals. I'd be pretty steamed too. And we know how competitive he is. Um, again, I, I, again, surprised he showed up, but I thought he was pretty good. Saw Pelletier on the broadcast doing a little interview as well. Feels like kind of best-case scenario for everything there with uh, the young forward. Yeah, I had a, a chat with him after we had him on the air. I pulled him aside and chatted with him some more. And uh, it, he was just terrified that he had re-injured his wing. And uh, it does, you know, after several days and they took pictures and all that, they realized that there was no further damage or re-injury. And that's all that matters. So uh, I do think he'll resume skating with the team probably tomorrow. They don't practice today because today is the poker tournament. Uh, and you need your rest for that. And, uh, and so he's going to be, uh, I, he practiced yesterday by himself before the game. And so I, I, I do think he may rejoin the team, maybe with one of those non-contact jerseys or maybe not, but, uh, I think you'll see him in the lineup as early as Thursday. Um, before I let you go, um, is there something that's irking you? Well, I, with all due respect, I think we covered that earlier. Okay. <laughs> With my rant about the trade deadline and fantasy leagues and all this garbage. Okay. So I, 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 I hate to bring the show down, so I won't do it again. But uh, you know how I feel about the trade deadline and all the rumors that come okay. with it. Um, <laughs> I'm, are you like, what, what's, what's the standby for you right now? Is it like you're just by your phone? Is it turned up all the way while you're sleeping? Like, what are you doing right now? Because it can, it, these trades could happen at any second. No, no, I don't, you know, I leave that stuff to Elliot and Frank and all those boys. They can, they can, uh, I, I, I can't fathom doing their jobs. Like guys that you must've thought of this, like, is there ever a moment where they can have a quiet meal with their family without the phone just buzzing the whole time? Um, those guys right now, they're on pins and needles and, uh, me, I no, I'm, I, I got tennis today for two hours. Uh, <laughs> I got hockey okay. later today. I got the poker tournament. Uh, the phone will be on silent. I'll check it every couple hours. And, uh, listen, when big trades happen, uh, people have a way of finding me, uh, and I'll be I'll spring into action then. But I don't worry about it until then. And I thought for sure at some point today you'd ask about timelines on any of these trades, and I don't have a sense on that. I don't have a sense on when everybody's debating whether or not you know they should be sitting Tanev and Hannafin and all that. And uh, I have no doubt that they will sit one of them one of these games, let's put it this way, in terms of being ready to spring into action, I did race up from my meal. You know, I like to gorge for about an hour and a half before the game in the media lounge there, as, as you do as well. And I don't, I don't normally watch warm-up, but now I'm in the mode where I will leave. I'll finish my dessert, don't get me wrong, but I will hurriedly go upstairs and make sure everybody is present for the warm-up. Because one of these days soon, oh. a Tanev or a Hannafin won't be in the warm-up, and everybody's then t- Twitter or X will explode, and then it's time to spring into action because it means a trade is imminent. 
Oh, okay. So, sorry, one more. Um, again, we keep hearing all this Leafs speculation, but I th- you, you said it to us last week. Just to reiterate, you would be very surprised if the Flames and Leafs got together on a trade, right? Well, it's so easy to connect the dots. I get that. It, it, I really think Tanev is the perfect fit for what they need. Uh, and if I was going a little further, of course, they need a goaltender in Toronto. They've needed one for 20 years. Um, but I, I just I think that the baggage that comes with a trade with Toronto and the fact that Toronto just doesn't have the assets they're willing to part with. They don't have the draft. You know, they only have one first round draft that coming up and then nothing else, really. I just yeah, I, I will reiterate that I will be very surprised if those two dance, even though I know that Trilling has been persistent in trying to find a fit. And uh, but I, I all things being equal, I think the Flames would rather trade with, say, 30 other teams. Okay. Uh, franchise, terrific stuff as usual. Uh, enjoy the uh, the next couple weeks here as we head to the deadline. Cheers, Thanks boys. This, pal. Yeah. yeah, no problem. We'll talk next week as well. All right. Sounds good. There he is, Eric Francis on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, you, have a, you have an answer for the hats? Yes, I did I get an earlier. answer from the hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, from someone within the org- organization, road okay. team hats, right in the bin. Uh, home team, really? Yeah, home team hats going a big case on the concourse behind the Zamboni and referees tunnel. So what, you can go get it after? I think it's a display case. Oh. I, okay. I don't know. I don't wander the concourse too much these days. I gotta. I gotta admit, I have not noticed it there. But I guarantee, next time I'm down behind the concourse or on the concourse behind the Zamboni entrance, I'm gonna see if I can spot it. Have you ever thrown a hat okay. for a hat trick? Uh, no, I haven't. Have you? you? Me neither. No. Interesting. Hmm. Would you? Uh, yeah. I think I would. It's your favorite cap. Like your fifty mission cap, where you really broke it in, and then you're just gonna huck that thing onto the ice. Um, I don't know if I, I don't think I'd ever complete fifty missions, but I could see a hat that I would throw on the ice. Like I get some 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 flames hats that have seen some sunny days, a little bit of sweat stain on the brow that I probably could just move on and get okay. a new one. All right, I feel like Patrick's the guy who would throw his hat on the ice. No. No, Patrick okay. is religious with his sports gear. They're so expensive, George. Why also would I that. throw something on, on the ice? But if, if you some were guy really feeling goals? It in an emotional moment, no, that's he what also I'm he also has very rare hats. Like today, he's rocking a beautiful Humboldt Broncos cap. Yeah, that thing's not getting thrown. You think he's chucking no. that? Not a chance. No. What else? What are some of your favorites? Oh God, uh, you got Hart- some random Hartford Yard goats. Yep. <laughs> uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, I've dumbed down a lot, uh, a lot of the hats. I don't have as many of anymore mm. as I used to. Maybe like ten or eleven. Mm. I really care about. But if you guys want to send Patty your abstract third league baseball team yeah, gear, minor, minor baseball, league. yeah, third affiliate minor league team, That's my favorite, fire them in. Yep. All right. Uh, the solution snake is going to slither his way into a uh, studio here. Already has. Okay. Break down the uh, the Flames win over the uh, the Jets, the loss to the Red Wings, and uh, I'm looking forward to him reading his own tagline, which is something we've been doing recently, and I appreciate it. Lots of Brent Craw next. Big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.